This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Unfortunate injury to Petey Pobb's vocal cords. Tonight, we are joined by uh, the one, the only, the Falcon, also on the disabled list, but he's hanging in there. How you doing? Um, you know, one foot in the grave, but I, I'm a little more dedicated than our, our friend Petey Pobb, I think. Yeah, it, not dead as well. On also Facebook, not dead. You suggested you might be dead. But I was on my way. I was definitely on my way. I'm glad you're not dead. Uh, we're also joined by Sean. Hey. The abuse puppy still streaming for charity, I saw. Very impressive. I'm, you know, just nonstop from this point on out. My whole life is for charity. <laughs> That's right. I myself am a charity case. Amazing. And uh, <laughs> and then the one, the only, Jeff Robinson. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Oh, doing just fine. Top of the pops, you might say. Did I hallucinate? Are you on Team USA? Yes. Well, congratulations, Mazel Tov. One of the tournaments we're going to talk about has got some, uh, some a lot of uh, this year's current roster as well as some uh, some members from last year's and maybe this year's current roster. So it'll be nice. good to talk about some of those lists. So tonight uh, we've got a pretty good lineup of things to talk about. Again, fortunately, Pablo can't be here, so he's uh, he's asked for for some help from us to to take over the hosting reins. He apparently can't talk, which must be maddening for him. <laughs> I um, can't even imagine it. Can't even imagine. He must just be a lot of wild hand gestures at this point. Um, <laughs> so today we're, we're probably going to go over uh, some uh, some LVO PSAs. We're, what, three weeks, four weeks out? Uh, th- I think three. It's feeling pretty, pretty close. What yeah, or I guess it is four. Yeah, because we're almost exactly a month out now. We're well past the no more rules deadline. We're coming up on that list submission deadline. We're going to hype up some stream content because there's been a lot of cool stuff to watch live and uh, in retrospect. Uh, we'll cover briefly the uh, stealth FAQ drop that came out over the weekend. <laughs> Pretty cool stuff in there, well, kind of. Although some contentious things. We'll get into it. Um, and then finally, we got three awesome tournaments to cover. One, briefly, the Glass City. As promised last week, we've got the full analysis from our very own Falcon. And then we've got two other tournaments without the deep cut stats, but definitely some cool lists and uh, some analysis on Hammer in the New Year, featuring, like I mentioned, a lot of great players from uh, both the ETC team and ITC in general. And then finally, the last chance open from the uh, the UK being played in Southport, um, hosted by uh, Dyson Dex, uh, a really cool event, 100 plus people, um, some great names that you'd recognize from the UK placing there as well, including Mike Porter. We'll find out how he did 
second second place man in the ITC. Hmm. You guys excited? You sound excited. I mean, how excited can we be about something that happens in the UK? Like, they're not even part of the EU anymore. They're getting there. We might, we, you might see a soft Brexit. You might see a pretty sexy hard Brexit. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, as a filthy colonial, I do have to show them some respect in case they take our country back. So, well, fair enough. See, we we have to do the opposite. We need to show defiance lest they take our country mm, back. It's true. Tea or something. I don't know. Yeah. So were you, were you guys as thrilled as I was to get an email alert today that list submissions are now open on BCP'd? Oh, I didn't fun. see that. I think, um, gosh, am I making this up or did, is it in the etiquette thing or something like that where it says don't post a stupid, like don't upload a picture of, you know, a cartoon and be like, just kidding, and then not have your list or something like that? Don't make that up. I don't remember that, but it may very well have been put up at some point because a lot of people have been doing that recently. Oh, that's yep. the stupidest thing in the world. What, it's putting, in, putting in a dummy list? No, they make uh, some stupid joke. But you click to see their, their list, and then it's like a picture of a you know, cartoon character. And they're like, just kidding. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have been doing that for events as, you know, they'll put that up and fake people out basically and i so i don't quite get it but sure whatever so in lieu of a list they just have like uh like a cartoon image of like calvin from calvin and Hobbes peeing on something exactly sure. or yeah, donald yeah. trump or you know like their <laughs> ugly face like that's that's basically what it is every time hmm well i remember my favorite orc list from index 40k was a feature was a list but it did feature a godzilla shaped like a penis hmm that's fine so that was good. Anyway. Well, at least the list was there, right? I mean, yeah, um, the list was there. It was, it was a lot of the guys that are either sponsored or get helped out by Hammerhead Games. They'll put up the Hammerhead logo, but they'll at least upload mm -hmm. their list like the day of the tournament. But if you try to check out their lists in advance, you'll just get like check out Hammerhead Games. So, mm -hmm. well, that's yeah, all yeah. besides the point because you get penalized if you don't actually have a legitimate list submitted. Um, I believe we've all been volunteered to actually look into the lists and make sure that they're formatted correctly and all that kind of stuff. You guys, well, it's crowdsourced, anyways. I mean, yeah, everyone, everyone's yeah. quote unquote volunteered. Well, uh, right. I get it from the top players. Like you don't, you know, if you're nicking out a body and you have a legitimate chance of winning thousands of dollars and making history and stuff like that, no, you don't upload your list three weeks in advance or whatever. Unless you're really like Babe Ruth and want to actually swing for the fences and be like, "This is what it is, mother truckers, go ahead and try and fight it." Um, but at the same time. There's so many instances, and, and yeah, so like uploading it the day of is one thing, but uploading it a week before is really, really healthy. Like if you think somebody, another top player, a week before is going to be like, holy shit, Stephen Four is taking a Castellan? Are you, oh my, okay, I'm painting up Necrons, it's, you know, I got to do this. But what ends up happening, and has happened in the past... Aaron Along, some of these other guys, they actually take an illegal list. And whether you believe it was on purpose or not, that doesn't matter. They did. But if that list is up a week or two in advance, I guarantee you, especially if you're a high-profile player, someone's going to click on that list and be like, yo, that's illegal. Yeah. And then you mm -hmm. get to change it and fix it before you get to the tournament. Because, And I don't actually agree with this, but the Warhammer community, if you take an illegal list, it doesn't matter if you try it or not. There's people out there who are like, well, that person is actually Satan, and they will be Satan for the they rest of my life. They're a cheater. Mm -hmm. They try to do something terrible. I hate them, and I will kill them if I, if I ever see them. Now, 99% of the time, it's a really competitive player jam-packing shit together trying to yeah. put together the list, right? 
but put it up a week in advance, please, out there. And I'm talking about real dumb people that I love a lot, like Nick Rose. I'm talking about uh, just Nick Rose, okay? So just put your <laughs> list up. Nick I know you're wow. taking genes to their cult. I know you're doing weird stuff with pyrovores. Put yeah. it up there. Let Stephen Belkamy in mid in Montana, who's in a bunker right now, all the way he's gonna from read Montana. Your, he's gonna read your list. He's gonna look at it and be like, "Jesus Christ, that fourth pyrovore is listed at twenty six points. It's incorrect." Well, <laughs> and then you get it fixed. I hope Nick Rose, after the the gratuitous shout out, has pulled over in his car because I'm about to blow his mind. He actually has to have it submitted by the twenty fourth, or else he's gonna suffer penalties. Oh great! Mm-hmm. So they do have that built in. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. built in. We've got we've got so we got under oh, under good. ten days a week. No. Uh, oh, almost exactly ten days. Yeah, I don't know. I'm in finance. I don't have a calculator. I can't do it. But That's it's, on the, it's a number of days in front of us. Mm-hmm. I feel bad though because they're so what? It's like a five hundred person tournament. Let's oh, it's let, bigger than that. I think. Let's play a game. Let's play a game. How many people absolutely don't have their list posted by then, or probably don't even know BCP exists? Hmm. A good chunk of them. Hey, well, it's you want eight hundred players? That I think was what they were saying. They're trying to get. Sure, I'm so, say that's what I've heard. Four hundred ninety people will not submit their list. Dear, dear Jeff, you want to hmm. hear bonus points? Here's bonus points. Okay. You actually have to submit it in a very specific format available. Yeah. Seven hundred and ninety-six people do not comply with that. More format. people yeah. who are actually than are actually in attendance will not submit their list. You know what's gonna be so funny is so many people are gonna fuck that up that it doesn't become a penalty anymore. There's gonna be like five people at table three thirty-three. They're like, well, I got my list right. They should flip it around. You should just get you should just get a drink ticket if you if you submitted your list in the correct format. It should be it should get a positive. You should get a carrot, a stick. So to be fair, this has to happen, right? It's going to be harsh. People are really not going to like it. Reese is going to have a whole weekend of people being like, I took time off Mm. of work, and you're going to tell me that my (laughs) list that's laminated, it's color coded, and they're they're like they're going to be really upset about it. Yeah. But next LVO, future LVO, and then, you know, it's going to get better, and it has to happen at some time. Absolutely. And you know what? And this is, a, this is at this point, an international event, and in, a, in most other places, there is an early list submission, you know, whether it's a week or two weeks or even a yeah. month uh, away from the actual tournament date. So it's not that exotic, and it used to be this way in the old days, too. So I think mm-hmm. people, as long as podcasts like ourselves get the word out, you can also go uh, onto YouTube. You can see uh, 40K's most famous head judge, Salty John, break it all down in a very scintillating YouTube vid set to some delightful heavy metal. Um, and he goes over all of the frequently asked questions and, and sort of rules, uh, rulings, brutal phrasing, um, for, the, uh, for the LVO. So that's a good one to watch on. I believe it's uh, attached to the um, TFG Radio YouTube channel. And it's also been yeah. posted uh, far and wide on Facebook and on the Frontline Gaming page. So that's a good place. Just watch it. It's 20 minutes, um, and uh, it'll give you the scoop on what's expected of players in advance of the tournament and on the big day itself. Nice. Yeah. Um, any other comments about that? anything we should be calling out that we're, we're missing, Sean or Peter? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ballpark a little bit lower than Jeff on this. I think... 200 players have no list submitted or a functionally useless list submitted. Yeah. Yeah, we could we could do a we could do a I didn't poll. think of the two of us to be Sean that had more faith in humanity, but there Oh, is. no, I don't I don't think it's faith in humanity <laughs> of the remaining 600, 400 of them will submit their lists wrong. Uh, but 200 will be blank or illegible. 
Yeah. Well, we'll see. I my my big one, and I've been at kind of outspoken. This is was going around the ITC tournament organizers group, um, and uh, I've been a bit outspoken about my doubts that you know people will be able to follow a format um, that, by the way, is a manual format. So it's it. But there is yeah. a cool there is a cool template. So I don't want to like oversell. If you do have a functioning uh, cortex of any kind, any of the cortexes. Um, you should be able to handle this task, um, but uh, it does require, you know, uh, sitting down and doing it and actually formatting your list. It feels a little more complicated than it need to be. I, f- I feel like they're trying to make sure that every single possible detail is crammed onto your list. Yeah. And there are a lot of that stuff I don't think needs to be on there, but that's the we'll way they've decided they want it to be so okay i suppose and a lot of that's for that like automated stats that they want to get pulled out of uh, bcp i mean for me yeah. the big thing is but like there's two continents out, out there no oh, whatever uh, there's two continents out there that have got their shit together on uh, on lists i mean if you look at most major tournaments out of say australia or um uh, basically anywhere in, in britain like everybody submits the exact same list style, so the fact that we can't do it is a little troubling. I mean, eight hundred people—it's uh, a lot, but you'd think that at least half would be able to get their shit done. Yeah, I don't have any problem with the um, the streamlining of list formats and the standardization there. I just I don't necessarily like the format they have chosen itself. Uh, yeah. It feels very much. Battle scribe maximum output. Here are you know. Remember the list crack grenades on every single tactical marine because everyone needs to know that. It is. It's actually apparently the spiritual. We won't beat this to death much longer, but it's actually the spiritual submit uh, uh, successor to the ETC format, which ironically, yeah. although is frequently termed as a format, actually had no standardized format. So the guys at BCP have actually created a template for uh, ETC lists. Uh, and also a simplified version of that template, which I think is a little bit better. So, um, I, look, it's going to go the way it goes. I think in either event, we're going to have a lot more lists submitted than we've ever had, which would probably be about none. Aside from Jeff, I remember last year, Jeff had his posted up. It was a screen sh- screen cap of your of your computer. You had that <laughs> yeah, posted up. Yeah, I'm a up, big fan of that. Like a few weeks, <laughs> a few weeks before. So, um, you know, I think uh, we'll have a lot more stuff to go on well in advance, and it'll be a lot of fun. And any of the known players, I mean, once once it's clear that they haven't added their lists, uh, you know, the community can can hound them and chase them down. So not a big deal there. <laughs> um, I just want to sh- shift some gears here because I have recently gotten woke to the fact that uh, you know there's a lot of really great live coverage and content going on. Um, you guys talked a little bit last week about um, the Charity Hammer stream. I've been living in the past and, and reviewing some of it. Some really cool content. It's it's all still fresh. Everybody out there, you got some really top flight players. You know, you can watch the videos for free on 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 Twitch. Highly recommended. I went back, for example, I've been watching uh, Nick Nanabadi play uh, John Lennon. Um, oh yeah, really really neat matchup. Um, did they really hit five thousand views? Is that possible? Yeah, they had front page. Yeah. Um, front page. Oh yeah. One of the one of the the guys who is I guess a moderator or something else on owner or something on Twitch uh, is a 40k fan and player and kind of promoted things on the front page there. That's beautiful. Uh, so we were seeing over 5k for a while. Well, I think I think that's really super great, and the content for people who actually know what's going on and aren't just wandering out of the stream is is really fantastic. And because mm-hmm. there are so many you know differing players and lists there. 
um, you know, depending on what your particular flavor is, there's probably a game played at a high level of, of you know, something that you might be looking at bringing to the LVO. Uh, Sean, any, any highlights or favorites that you might call out as, as a game worth watching? Oh, man. Um, just about anything with Nick in it is obviously good. He has a good screen presence. He's good at talking through his games, which is a lot harder than you'd think it would be. Um, but honestly, like most of the guys there that weekend were really great. Um, a lot of the focus was on the stream number one because that was kind of where the, the primary stuff was going. But mm -hmm. I would encourage people to go check out that second stream as well. Um, there was a lot of good stuff happening there for kind of underused factions or um, more unusual lists or more of teaching games as opposed to yeah. competitive games. Uh, and especially for people who are really trying to dig into the nuances uh, and and want kind of some guidance on like what is going on when these two high level players go head to head. Uh, there's a lot of really good stuff to find in that. Yeah. And um, for those of you listening at home, hopefully we can get our um, uh, now producer and silent partner, Pablo, to uh, throw some links into the um uh, show description, but uh, it's Biff Pod Twitch uh, Twitch channel as well as Canhammer. Canhammer was the one yeah. uh, handling uh, sort of the BBC Two of the operation, um, and uh, and yeah, so fantastic stuff, well worth uh, digging into. It's still relevant. I mean, that's how I don't know how long that content will be relevant. Probably like maybe till March if you're lucky. No, so, I would say anyway. longer than that. Like well, a I lot mean, of these lists FAQ are not drops. really going to fundamentally shift. Like orcs are going to keep being good for a long time here. Uh, we digress. We digress. Don't want to jinx my friends the orcs. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, did any of you get a chance to catch the uh, the last chance open stream on I the Honest Wargamer? Chunks of it. Unfortunately, I haven't got to see the whole thing yet. I, d I did watch uh, several of the games. It had really good commentary. Um, Rob from The Honest Wargamer did a wicked job. Um, Tom Layton, the one with the pompadour, he sounded like he was probably uh, either two drinks too light or two drinks too heavy. A few of the, uh, a few of the uh, like intermissions, but otherwise, like it was a really wicked job. Well done. As far as I know, he's a teetotaler. Uh, Tom Layton was actually a member of Team Canada and my roommate at the ETC, and I was proud <laughs> as hell of that guy because he came in like he's, I don't know, he may have been doing lines of something in between takes, but he was covering the, uh, the, the wider tournament, and this is why I wanted to shout this out because it was one of the few streams I've seen that isn't just covering one table. So they would cut away to Tom and, and then do um, coverage of, say, the top five, six tables, and he would give you these really cool recaps of what was going on right then in the game. And so you had a, at all times kind of an idea of what was happening in the tournament around the, the table that they were actually streaming. So that was a really yeah. great innovation for coverage. Um, hopefully we can see more tournaments doing it that way because then you're, you're seeing more than just what may or may not be a good game uh, and mm -hmm. you're getting live updates as things go. You know, the stream itself looked very slick also. They had a good overlay and uh, good voices kind of on there talking about stuff. So Yeah. So uh, that's, a, that's the Honest Wargamer. Again, they had, I think, six games streamed um, over two days. Uh, we're going to cover the actual uh, results later on in the show, uh, but I uh, just want to shout that out. Those things can be watched, I think, on YouTube as well as Twitch if you wanted to go have a look. Mm. Um, some great content there as well. Um, and then uh, next is actually some upcoming content. So we got um, CanCon coming at us hot and fast. Not this weekend, but the weekend after. And... Um, We've actually been working uh, with, with the guys at the Down Under Network. 
How was that, guys? Was that decent Australian? Mm. Jeff, do you got a good Australian accent? And I'll see plus maybe. Good eye. <laughs> I'm sure uh, they appreciate all of this. Um, I they were one of the first streams that I really liked watching, and I think they do a great job. So I'm happy that uh, you know they're gearing up for their biggest event. CanCon's kind of like their their big big event at roughly the same time as the LVO. It's their yeah. Australian Championships, and it's like 150 people at this point, isn't it? It's sizable. I don't. I think they. I'm not sure if they quite hit 150, but we'll find out. Hopefully, we're going to get the guys uh, from Down Under Network um, on the show next week. Uh, yeah. for a little bit of a hype segment. They do have 150 people registered. Um, they have okay. 137 lists submitted. We'll see if uh, if everybody actually shows up. But still, like wicked numbers. Uh, Josh yeah. and Adam that are doing the Down Under Network stuff. Like Josh is essentially, as far as I can tell, a cyborg. Because <laughs> every time, I, uh, like, he's so into like statistics and what they can pull, and every every day he's like, "Hey, would you think it would be interesting if uh, we could show exactly when like an orc was tabled in a in a tournament?" And I was like, "What do you mean by exactly?" He's like, "To the millisecond, I think we could do that." And then he'll just like send me a report from 2018 with that data, and I'm like, "Well, wow. there's a lot of useless stuff you're sending me, but holy shit, the stuff that you have recorded is intense and amazing." So. <laughs> Some of the cool stuff, I mean, 40kstats.com um, was uh, was referenced a number of times on the Last Chance Open coverage, and I'm sure we'll, we'll hear your fine website referenced a bunch uh, at CanCon, and maybe... Oh, by the way, CanCon, by the way, you're going to be able to find it any place you can uh, see a reputable stream. I'm pretty sure Frontline Gaming will be hosting it. CanHammer, as mentioned before, will be hosting it. I'm also pretty sure BiffPod will be hosting it, and as well as the Down Under network itself. All of those will... Uh, be places where you'll be able to see that stream coming to you on the weekend of the 25th and 26th Australian time. So you're going to have to Google what that actually means because I, I couldn't tell you. And I'm pretty sure uh, Reese was saying they're going to try to fly the winner to LVO. I thought that was uh, the plan. Is that I, a 2019 thing? Yeah, uh, I think, I think so. they were. Yeah, I remember wow. hearing that from them. Is this year the, the big prize is a trip to LVO? If that's wow, if that's cool, so those are some pretty neat stakes to have on the top table, and, and they've uh, got some much. pretty wicked players that are like our consistent winners. Oh um, yeah, Jeremy, I think his name's Jeremy Manigold. He's won the last two years running. Um, hmm. He's bringing a, a, a pretty well. I would I'd say it's a relatively unorthodox Death Watch list uh, for the tournament. Um, Hayden Mansky apparently is uh, pretty high up, and he's bringing. He must have just like had too many um, devilfish because he's bringing like ten to the tournament. Uh, there's wow. some unique lists uh, coming out of Australia for this thing. So, well, everything's all upside down down there, so I can it's see true. it being a bit jumbled. Um, <laughs> and then that was brutal, man. Someone fire me. Do they Where's still Pablo? play comp though. No, well, no, not for this. This is a pure ITC. Yeah. Where did the Australians go? In in general, um, it took a little bit longer for it to get there. Community comp, community comp's been pretty dead since Eighth Edition came around. Um, community comp was a big deal during Seventh, but I haven't I haven't seen much mention of it. Correct well, me if I'm wrong. Australia. Australia has actually been the ones that hold on to it. Yeah, I thought even in Eighth actually. Really, I have heard it is still alive and well some places, although much less popular than it was. I think there's something about hosting the show that makes you have to fire off two bad jokes and then say something with authority that you don't know. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. It's, it's like the Pablo Val mantle that they take up. They're like, cops dead. And we're like, well, not in Australia. Like, really? I you know no what? 
quite frankly, we're all just pulling this out of our butts. None of us are from Australia. <laughs> no one really knows. Wait so I'm going to stick with it. Falcon could be from Australia. We don't know where he's from. He's it's from true. Alberta, probably. Well, uh, originally from the Maritimes, but we'll pretend. Let's just go with it. It's <laughs> nice of you to, 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 to pipe up with some... Uh, some ridicule of me, Jeff, because I was looking for a way to segue to what is the coolest granddaddy stream of them all coming our way, which is the oh. LBO stream. Where we invite and, your criticism so that I can click on your name and ban you from... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, so the nice thing is the LBO... And I had some other comments, too. I, I think the cool thing about the charity broadcast that was so awesome is it didn't just have 5,000 people on. It actually maintained. So like getting front page is a big deal. But a lot of times, if your content's not great, people will just look at it and get away or whatever. And that's the front page kind of experience. You'll you'll spike up and down all over the place. Yeah. There's actually 4,000, 5,000 people pretty steady. And then there'd be somebody who would come in and be like, what a bunch of fucking nerds. And instead of someone being like, hey, man, I hate you and I'm going to kill you. They'd just be like, hey, man, it's Warhammer. You should, you should hang out. and It's really fun. And then that person would be like, oh, you guys seem really reasonable. <laughs> and it's just a very nice experience. So... We're looking to extend that at the Las Vegas Open with a top-tier broadcast um, brought on by Games Workshop themselves, the Frankie and Jeff experience that you guys saw at Nova in September of last year. We'll keep going, and the nice thing about that is that that was our dry run, if you will, so mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that we can improve upon and, and have talked about and will improve upon. Uh, but also, it's it's uh, that was Frankie's, like, inaugural broadcast he's obviously been you know on uh, frontline gaming's podcast and stuff like that for a while so he's not a stranger to the camera per se but in terms of coming out from the massive shadow of mostly reese's head but still a massive shadow <laughs> is something that every young man must do at some point in time and, and frankie was able to do that there and now with his hair down and his wings spread wide he's going to be able to be a, a, a fantastic broadcaster here um I love Games Workshop's like angles they have on stream. It's it's really hard to replicate that because they have yeah. a budget that is you know more than everybody else. They've got robot cameras. More than they've zero got robot cameras. <laughs> um, we're gonna have aides helping us. Uh, it's really good that you talked about coverage of other tables because that's actually been something that Frankie in particular has been espousing for a while. So whether or not that will be um, filmed and awesome at LBO, we'll have to wait and see. But as far as reporting on other players, it's definitely within our plan. Fantastic. And it's going to be a, a very nice multimedia experience because this is the championship. This is the big tournament of the year. So we're going to do the best we can to bring the best show. And then I, I will actually say, I don't think it's announced, but fuck it. What are they going to do, fire me? Yeah. <laughs> they could, actually. Um, but <laughs> I've got a contract inked for commentating this and Adepticon coming up, and we're in talks to do more. <laughs> so throughout the year, the Games Workshop slash streaming of Warhammer 40K presence is going to grow. And hopefully with each broadcast be improved upon. So it's really great. The downside of this is that does mean that I'm not playing at Las Vegas Open, which really, really sucks. It's the my favorite tournament of the year. It's 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 becoming the prestigious tournament, you know, so it's, it's a big, big deal. But I will have I to... I think we can say it's, it is. it is. Yeah, it is. It had 800 people. Yeah. Yeah, and no, it's one of those things, too, where it is so good that it feels like it doesn't rustle anyone's jimmies except for only Mike Brandt. But, you know, to be fair... Uh, his jimmies get rustled in a strong, you know, nothing, just a nothing, strong breeze. Nothing rustles yeah, those say. jimmies like a good Necron building, though. Just <laughs> well, he 
you bring it up. Yeah, he is the he is the wall walker, the man of the myth, the legend himself. So <laughs> no, I love I love Mike. I am going to get a message about this later, though. We're just going to it'll be slightly past progressive, but I do love him a lot. Um, but yeah, there's championship caliber tournaments all year long. They're going to be streamed. It's going to be fantastic. I'll be there. This does mean, however, that I get to indulge in adult beverages and be more uh, loose because I'm not nervous as I'll get out because of how just incredibly you know scary the LVO is for for players that want to find their destiny right yeah yeah that's a high pressure situation so bring me drinks is what i'm saying to the internet at, at large so are, are you guys <laughs> going to be subjected to you know 14 hour days again or are you going to be catheterized like what's what's going on <laughs> yeah so it's kind of funny and I, I like we have a platform to talk about this because i'll just give my full thoughts it, it is long days right like each round is going to be three hours we're going to do three games i i believe each day well lvo championships is six games it's what you got you got you got four days on four games on the on on day two. That's and what maybe. it is, right? So it's like it's two Possibly. and four, right? If you qualify for that six game or something like that. No, it's it's three it's, and then four. As far as the streams, three and four. It's okay. it's three and three with a possible fourth game, depending on who the undefeateds are and how many no. there are. Oh, okay. But probably really? at least. Uh, so I thought that fourth round. I thought that seventh game was just happening. No. Uh, for, for that is a an optional seventh game for undefeated players only if there are more than eight of them. Got it. All right, okay. cool. So yeah, it'll be it'll be all six of those games, three and threes. So that's nine hour days with you know more time in between. Um, and then if there is that fourth game, you bet your ass will broadcast it. GW wants to to show off their beautiful, wonderful game. So yeah, mm-hmm. we're excited about it. Uh, like I said, we're going to be reporting on all tables. It's definitely going to have that championship feel. We're going to be keeping our eye. I mean. There are just household names out there, right? Like Nick Nottavati, if he gets a tough opponent round three, you bet your ass are going to try to get them on the top table or uh, at the very least talk about it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you're going you're gonna to see all the – we're hoping to get all the best pairings. Obviously, the first couple rounds, maybe that doesn't happen, uh, but we'll see. Great. And uh, and will that be streamed uh, – I guess that'll be like – so just frontline gaming and Games Workshop, Those are that, that's just one stream. There's no FLG and – Warhammer, like, uh, no, Warhammer it's going to be on Warhammer TV, their main channel. They're really trying to grow it this year. Um, I guess one of the big questions that I don't have the authority to fully answer, but I believe, I'm like 85% certain this is the case, it will not be in sub-only mode. So if you're at home hmm. or even at the venue, which oftentimes yeah. happens, you should be able to commentate and talk, and, and, and we hope you do, because it's a three-hour Warhammer match with two hyper-intelligent nerds that are saying some interesting things, but mostly not. <laughs> Uh, I guess that's another thing that we'll be doing, too, is we will have, or at least as far as I understand, we will have the audio from the players on some no, level. Oh, really? That's the hope, yeah. That's a bold move for Games Workshop. They usually, they, they keep their players quiet. It's a, it's not a bold move, Val, but I know what you're saying. To them, it's a bold move. They're, yeah. like, really worried that two players are going to be like, all right, so I need three sixes, and also I don't like the Jewish people. And like, excuse me, what are you saying? Like, <laughs> 40k players are famously anti-Semitic. And oh, my God. It's so... Or- or someone so just call, calling out, like, you know, recasters. It's just so if you really want to get a better product, then maybe go <laughs> to uh, this site. I hope not. It's just funny because it's like I could see why that would be a concern if you were grabbing players you had no idea about bringing them on stream. Sure. But for Frankie and I, we're, we're going to be selecting top-tier players. And um, I think if, if not at this event, then future events, we'll even probably have them sign a waiver that says, like, you'll behave pretty well, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a couple curse words come out, which is something that, again, GW is not super awesome about, but all it takes is the person at the table being like, hey, please don't do that, and they yeah. probably won't. I mean, that mm-hmm. happens on, on, you know, nationally televised, televised sports broadcasts. Yep. I mean, you know, 
people say shit all the time. It's also just the future. Like we, we did Nova without player audio, and it's definitely doable. But especially in a non-ITC format, which we don't have to worry about at LVO, it was a little bit harder because there's a couple times where we're like, well, one player won, and then the other guy's like, no, actually the other guy won because end game objectives he scored nine points, and we're like, yeah. oh, well, that's weird. yeah, that was probably the best part of of some of those streams was the endings <laughs> where like you would lose your goddamn mind. I think what was it, Who, uh, Shane Watts <laughs> when he won his game, and yeah. it was just like absolutely clear he had lost to everybody, and then all of a sudden they're like, and he wins twenty four to twenty three, and you're just like. What? And him, though, that was the funny part. Like, he was yeah. sad and packing up and, like, here's what I yeah. did them better. And, and then afterwards, they're like, no, he won. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> but, so it, I think it's essential. And, again, I, I'm not uh, God Emperor, so I don't know. This is what we've talked about. Hopefully this happens. If it doesn't, don't be like, Jeff, start on the podcast. Or yeah. so it's like, well, we're going to do the best we can, and we're going to bring you the best show we can. Well, that sounds super exciting. I know, like, I, I really, really love the Nova coverage. I thought it was a great step forward. Yeah. These other like amateur streamers have really like stepped up the game. So you know, yeah. if GW gets you know hip to um, different ways to innovate and present the the game. You know, sky's the limit for how cool this content can be. And more is coming. It's awesome. You know, like Sean was at that event. That's that was great. There is mm-hmm. these tournaments being streamed, um, and even myself actually this week I'm going to be setting up a table to have it streamed on a regular basis as well, and just have more, yeah, more nice. content. There's people asking for it, which is really cool. Neat. Yeah, streaming. Want to plug that? Really when, are, when are you going to start doing that? What's that? Want to plug that? When are you going to start streaming games? Do you have a concrete plan? Or is well, assuming a... it's it's up and going and good, it'll be it's probably as early as next week. I play anywhere between three and five games a week, basically. So it's just God the damn. table at my place, and I have a lot of good friends that come over, and we just play games. Awesome! It's like uh, comedians and cars getting coffee, except Jeff Robinson and Forty uh, K. <laughs> and minus the weird dialogue about an old car that Jerry Seinfeld owns. <laughs> well, he usually <laughs> borrows them, but agreed. Uh, so, all right. So there was a great rundown of some uh, some streaming content that's coming at us. Um, you know, that's very visible, easy to see. Not easy to see. Stealth fact drop. I'm not even sure that wow. they posted about this on Warhammer Community today. Is am I wrong about that? I was reading an article. Uh, and I read they, about it in a chat. I think they did. The Facebook post, I actually saw it off of linked to a Warhammer community post, but I did not see the original post itself for whatever reason, because Facebook is weird. So we got we got uh, FAQ slash errata for chapter approved. Lots of really, you know, not topical questions about the chapter approved narrative missions, which I really want to delve into. Uh, we have uh, Vigilus and uh, the Chaos box set that came out that I can't remember. Wrath and Rapture. Wrath and Rapture. So who wants to take it away? What what did we find out? I mean, I, I heard Wraithblades are, are good. Yeah, they they actually, for some reason, and I mean, I kind of know the reason. It's because Yanari are really good. But they've said Yanari can't use the specialist attachments, um, which makes no sense from a rules perspective, but from a balance perspective is completely understandable. And... There was some other minor stuff. Most of it was actually pretty small. It's like, is this clearly a bolt gun a bolt gun? Yes. Yes, it is. One of my favorites that my friend uh, Jesse pointed out was that they had to clarify that you could only upgrade a detachment once. (laughs) Yeah. God bless you Warhammer players out there. (laughs) Keep on fighting. You can't have a double specialization? Uh, I just, well, I, I love it. 
the one I loved even more was there is one of the pregame stratagems that, you know, you use on the veteran guys and it gives them plus one attack. No, that was it. Excuse yeah, me. it says you can only do that to a guy once now. You cannot spend seven CP to make your squad of intercessors <laughs> nine attacks each. Hey, you Which... know what? Here's the best part about this, though, because it's before the game, right? So there are yeah. stratagems you can use multiple yeah. times. So in this guy's head, he's like, low key, is this what they meant to do? Is this, you know, and, and they honestly ask that. And I've had this shocking experience so many times i'm on too much social media i accept that but i never feel it more than when i'm on like the competitive facebook page for warhammer and some of the arguments that come up where someone's like listen this comma i think it i think it means that magnus has a negative three invul save where the opponent has to take three mortal wounds before the game even starts like Mm -hmm. can someone tell me why i'm wrong and i'm like i'm like just forget it let's just go let's go to the part where you're right do you (laughs) Is that the game you want? And they're like, yes, I just want to play the rules. Like, oh my god, these people exist. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, Sean, and some I'm... of them are immovable objects when it comes to the actual argument itself. <laughs> yes. Speaking of immovable objects, I really want to target you, Sean, here. Because there was a question in there about uh, modifiers. Um, mm. Like, for example, if you're doubling strength and then mm-hmm. plus one or whatever yeah. it might be. And it seems to be an inversion of the way I had come to understand it. So it's it's very complicated. There are like four levels here, which will kind of work our way down. So, so yeah, modifiers let's, let's in go the game. Super high level, because this is really important. Okay, yeah. like, this is the difference between like a strength 12 war boss claw and a strength 18 war boss claw. So I'm yes. curious to know how it all breaks out. I have a sadder story for you. Oh, I got to hear the story after, but we'll, we'll go through the order of operations as it were here. So there are a couple of rules that are relevant here. Uh, specifically, there's one in the rule book which says when you are adding modifiers to a characteristic, you double or divide first, then you add or subtract. And then the other one that is very relevant is out of one of the FAQs where they indicate that modifiers for weapons, such as a power fist or a power sword or whatever, are applied after all other modifiers have been applied, but using that same double or add or double or divide and then add or subtract rule. So you can often get several layers of these happening at once. Um, The place where this is specifically relevant is on Wraith Blades or other similar units um, who have a relic that can double their number of attacks, which starts at two, and then several other things that can add to their number of attacks. For example, the stratagem out of Vigilist Defiant or any of a number of abilities or other stratagems. Um, so there was a lot of discussion and a number of uh, people who voiced strong opinions when this all came out about how this was supposed to work. Uh, but the way it ends up being is you have you, you do all these modifiers in that order. First, you modify the characteristic then you generate any modifiers created by your weapon. And each so, of those has the two sub-steps. So in in this particular example, which is Wraith Blades, is, 
is it the weapon that's being modified? Is that what what it is? The not, is? and that was where the confusion was coming from from some people. Is they were they were understanding this as like, well, but it says that you double afterwards in this whole weapon thing. It's like, yeah, but the uh, the relic is not a weapon. So what you have is wraith blades are two attacks. You activate your relic, which doubles them to four attacks. Then their weapon adds one attack. The stratagem adds one attack, and there's a couple other ways to get it as well. Okay. Uh, so you would have four attacks plus any additional modifiers you used there. You would not have, for example, you know, two attacks base plus one for your weapon plus one for the stratagem, then doubled. So you end up with like five to seven attacks, not eight to twelve attacks. Is there an, a way you could actually explain this simply? Because that's <laughs> that was wildly complicated. Sadly, there is not. Um, but the, the the simple version is usually double first, then add or subtract. That is typically how it is going to work. If you follow that rule, you are usually going to be correct. Yeah. You're at least correct, or maybe nerfing yourself, but you're at least correct. Like, right. Yes. So the only afterwards, time. you find out you nerfed yourself. You're, no one's going to be like, you cheated, you cheater. You're like, yeah, I hurt myself. It's like, okay. Right. The only time that that rule is not going to guide you right is if you have a weapon that doubles your strength, and you have a psychic power or stratagem that increases your strength. Um, Which brings wow. me to the story! Yes, yes, Go I ahead. do want to yes. hear this story, Jeff. Okay, so I'm going to reveal... And uh, this is, like, technically wrong. I shouldn't be able to say this, but I think it's something that everyone knows anyways. Mm -hmm. In the Gene Sealer Codex, Gene Sealer Cult Codex, excuse me, you have so many, so many delicious ways to raise strength to a number of things. But, of course, when you talk about raising strength, if your mind and your penis or vagina, let's be fair, doesn't naturally gravitate to the abominant, then fuck you. I don't know why, you're, I don't know why you bought the Codex. I don't know why I'm talking to you. I don't know what we're doing here. But it did for me, okay? It went to the Abominant. Mm -hmm. So this guy naturally goes up to strength 12. Pretty easy, right? Well, there's a number of ways to get him three, four, five strength higher. So does what? Jeff look at this and say, well, I'm going to multiply first and then add on to it? Fuck no. I live in a world of excitement and danger. So if you get his strength up to 11 and then you double it, we're talking 22 <laughs> strength, sons of bitches. That's the world I live in. And that's why it's exciting. Because also, it's his weapon that doubles his strength, not... And then also psychic powers, by the way. Or a power. So, I say, yeah. listen to Sean, but when the Gene Circle Codex comes out, fuck it. Go as wild as you can. Does anyone care if the Abominant Strength 22 or Strength 18? I don't think so. Well, Strength 18's a big deal. Because that's what a war boss I thought, could get up to with Fist of Gork and a Claw. Is that still the case or not? I believe with full buffs stacked onto him, Warlord trait, psychic power, everything, you can get him up to 18, yes. All right. Uh, that's, that's all I care that about. That is a case of your weapon doubles after everything else. Which is also 100% okay. useless because you already wound a knight on a two on, at 18, or a 16. Excuse sorry, me. Yeah. 16, sorry, he would be, by the way, not strength 18, strength 16. No. Ah, yeah. there you go. Yes, I was gonna say, uh, that's why it's, it's relevant. The, it's basically only the Porphyrian Knight that you then get. Yeah. at eighteen. I was gonna say the the Porphyrian and like that the one Achilles Drawn Point. 
Uh, the Akiwa, yeah, the Akiwa strong point. From You're LVO only wounding 20. on threes. <laughs> That's right. You know what, though? Don't even talk to me till you're wounding a Warlord Titan on twos at tough, what, 16 or something like that. So mm-hmm. let's, let's get there somehow. And you're an aberrant that appeared from the sewer. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you popped out of the sewers the of that Aquila. On Appeared from the sewers? Mm-hmm. Do you mean it was raised by the d- divine four-armed emperor's spoken word and chosen members of the cult to grow its beautiful child into a labor position where it can smote those that would speaketh against the cult and bring on the four-armed cult emperor? Oh my god. I would make some sort of like Bane joke here, but that would be just be terrible podcasting that trailer, audio. I was picturing more like the pizza delivery guy in the Ninja Turtles movie. That's uh, where I was going. Do you mean Casey right? Jones? A whole thing. And it's exactly that imagination that will make you one of the first to go when they when they show up. You understand? That trailer, by the way, the whole time where she keeps saying uh, humanity has looked to the stars for guidance, and then at the end it's like, and they have answered. Oh my god. <laughs> I love how grim, dark, and ironic the entire concept of Gene Sir Cult is, though, where they're like oh, yeah. so enraptured with this coming of Terranids. And the Terranids, I love that they have zero personality and are literally just a ravenous horde of like mm-hmm. consume all matter. Well, we, we've already mentioned Brexit. It's basically the same thing. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> uh, you oversimplified oh. it so far that, you know, if we were better friends, I might slap you, but. For now. This is Ooh. why I always keep at least uh, a few thousand kilometers between you and I. And <laughs> you don't even know how big a kilometer is, so that uh, I do not actually. It, quite frank. It's like Adds six pounds. Sean, can you explain it so that nobody will understand what a kilometer is, please? <laughs> well, you actually need to start back in 1775. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna not segue. I'm just going to hijack, and I'm gonna pass it over to the Falcon, scoring, soaring through the skies. With his Glass City coverage. Uh, last week you promised us some more in-depth stat analysis, sir. Do you have it? Yeah. Because you were dying. Like, who the fuck do you think I am? <laughs> A dying <laughs> falcon. Yeah, I was dying. Yes, I was in the hospital, but I, I got out. Got I grabbed it. all the lists. So Canadians go to the hospital for anything, though. It's Podcast, true. because yeah, we, we don't have to pay for it. That's right. Podcast listeners, this man was literally in the hospital yesterday. Just so you know. Yes, <laughs> uh, I was, yeah. <laughs> and they they drew all my blood. Um, people did not believe any of my stories. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever gone to a northern hospital on the weekend, but it's a shit show because <laughs> everybody's drunk and they're just yelling, <laughs> um, fighting. And, and they probably fighting. all look a lot more injured than you did. Uh, um, yeah, because most of them have hypothermia or frostbite. Yeah. Cool. And you had you had a fever of like 104, which in American degrees is like 94 or something like that. 104 Celsius would be boiling. So no, 104 sure Fahrenheit. <laughs> I actually made the. I tried to make the cha- like the the uh, conversion for you guys because when I say things in Celsius, no one is impressed. I hate to say it, guys, <laughs> but we actually just hit our quota on Canadian talk. There's only oh. three people that care, so <laughs> that we is? have yeah, to. That's yeah, that's true. Okay. Three citizens of Canada. Uh, it know, happened I'm, real quick like that. I'm, I'm real sorry about about that, and yeah, uh, I, I apologize. Oh, uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll just move quickly onto the Glass City coverage. Glass City referring to the uh, metropolis of Toledo, Ohio, Toledo, the more relevant country of America. Uh, it's um, actually lovely. I attended the Glass City tournament, as a matter of fact, a year or two ago. I think it was seventh edition, so I did but have did a you back win. Sense. 
<laughs> no. Oh, good. But I did watch uh, Josh Death and Aaron Elion play uh, on the top table, and that Sounds was good. something. Um, so we're going to move on from that moment in my life. Uh, what, <clears throat> what sort of cool st- insights? Because you, you were talking about how you didn't have a chance to crunch things in the last episode. You got yeah, well, insights? it was a little hard. Uh, they deal. didn't uh, submit lists to BCP. So luckily... Luckily, I, um, I happen to know somebody that attended, uh, a man by the name of Tyler Plans. He is, uh, I'm going to be nominating him for sainthood. I'm not Catholic, but I think I'm allowed because my dad is. Okay. Um, he may have to be dead for it to go through, so we're going to well, work through that after. Um, That's cool. I know a guy. Anyway, he, uh, he sent me, he took pictures of everybody's lists and sent them to me, so 188 uh, what? image files later. Uh, Wait, Glass City GT is up to 188. No, no, no. they were only gloss over them. Stop. What? (laughs) What? What do you mean he took a picture of everyone's list? What do you mean? So the tournament organizer gave him all the lists, or copies of all the lists, and he took pictures of them, and then he used this thing called the internet. You guys are so fucking tryhard. I'm so proud of you. So he sent me the to 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 hand this guy. No, I didn't, even, I didn't talk to the TO. I talked to this guy, and I was like, man, it really sucks that I don't have access to these lists. I'd love to This is like the Bothan spies getting the Death Star plans. 100 <laughs> Yeah, no, 100%. And by the way, this happens relatively frequently now, because of mainly because of Val Heffelfinger randomly like hooking me up with somebody on Facebook. Uh, this time I did it on my own. But oh. anyway, yeah, this guy was just like, oh, I'll Spreading get you the lists. Wings. And then the next, probably two days later, yeah, he, he emailed me. 188 pages worth of pictures of everybody's lists and the reason why it's 188 pages is because you know some people really enjoy letting you know every little detail about their army so some people's lists were 20 pages long and some people's Mm -hmm. lists were ripped up pieces of napkin so literal napkin are we talking literal napkin yeah well the revenant titan list was essentially just like a ripped piece of paper that just said revenant titan in the guy's name um (laughs) Well, I mean, what else do you want? You know, it's fine. It's a fucking one model army. Yeah. So I like that was actually great. It was the lists that were like handwritten in crayon or I don't know what it was that didn't have a name on them. Those ones I struggled with trying to figure out who it was. But anyway, it's the rust belt. I mean, so 87 players. So it's a a decent sized event. Um, Sorry, 82 players. I apologize. Uh, I accept. Okay, they had 14 orcs, so the majority of players there brought orcs. Uh, 10 Imperial Knights. Wow. Well, technically not the majority. But, uh, <laughs> oh, well, thanks, Jeff. I was going to get on that one. Sorry, but, guys. Uh, I'm glad you stepped up. Someone <laughs> had to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it looked like a pretty decent event. The winner was uh, Daniel Sansone. He went undefeated with uh, Tau. I believe uh, Pablo San- pronounces it Sansoni. Sansoni? Well, maybe it is Sansone. Sansone. Shanshone. Was it the meta list? Three riptides, three broadsides? Uh, there was no broadsides. Uh, it was, uh, I sent it to you guys in a little a Word document. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I can bring that up here. I don't open attachments from Falcons. He also uh, wrote his uh, by hand, but at least it was legible. So thank you, Daniel, for... <laughs> this is Ohio you said, right? Yeah. Uh, it was in Toledo. Toledo's in Ohio? No, that's right. really shitty down there, man kind of up there but yeah like is, are you saying that from an education standpoint or like just, weather yes all the above i mean if everyone's writing on napkins of paper it's just things can't be great you know what i'm saying hey hey at least they can write so yeah oh. first place was uh daniel sansone or sansone and uh, second place was sean uh, sean Nathan. uh both were undefeated 
Sean Naden in the two spot. Well, I did look at these lists actually. Yeah, but he, they were yeah. undefeated. It was a battle point term. It was like kind of silly. Yeah. Huh. It 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 was. Oh, and I'm supposed to have that debate at some point. I think I canceled on probably. We're gonna. I was supposed to have with Adam Aberwitz or whatever his name is. I think it's. Oh point. yeah, Adam Abramowitz. Yeah, that. Yeah, Jeff, that made my day. That butchering of Adam. Well, Abramowitz's his name. I just name. start with the A, and then I look, and then and then my eyes glass over, and I just go. You just keep adding vowels, and you can't go wrong. We could end the podcast right now because that that was everything I needed. Yeah, this is I, I why think... you don't do battle points, though. Like that is Sean well, Aiden drove there. Great player, but we don't get the like fine. The he actually said, I believe, and you quote. I, I think Falcon would say this himself. He actually was eliminated before the final game. He could not win enough points. Is what he said. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. Um, I'm trying to remember because uh, he did get interviewed. Um, but yeah, uh, Daniel and the guy he was playing were definitely going to be the winner in that final uh, matchup. Um, what I was told, and I did look through the player packet, it wasn't a full ITC. They didn't use ITC rules. Um, they, there was a um, clause in the packet where you were supposed to use the big rulebook rules for terrain. However, you could ask you could ask to use ITC rules. However, both players had to agree. Huh. So whatever, it's in the player packet. So as long as you That's know, that's going to favor Tau, I would think. Yeah, a little bit. So... I decline, sir. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna. Yeah, no, I'm gonna say I can see everything on the no, table. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a hill. You mean this building here? It is a hill. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I choose from, to shoot everything. From what I understand, from Tyler, who played Denari, he had a little feel bads because he didn't quite properly read the rules packet, and he thought mm. they were using ITC uh, ter- uh, terrain rules. And so when he went into his first game against Aaron Along, and uh, Aaron's like, well, what do you want to use for your ter- uh, for terrain rules? And he's like, well, I'd like to use ITC. And Aaron was like, well, no. Um, the- <laughs> Who always plays ITC for the most part, by the way? Well, yeah, when you have the chance against Anari to not have them have line of sight blocking terrain, it really helps from what I understand. But, you know, I just... Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, so uh, da- nothing to take away from Daniel. He went 5-0. Uh, yeah, he brought three Riptides, uh, 30 Fire Warriors. It was two battalions and a vanguard, all Tau-sept. He had uh, three commanders, all with uh, triple cyclic ion blasters, uh, Dark Strider, a bunch of shield drones, and a big squad of sniper drones. Um, cool. So kind of like your standard Tau-sept list, very similar to uh, what Alex Harrison goes undefeated on when we talk later about the uh, Last Chance Open. The typical Alex Harrison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alex Harrison re- re- appears at the at the last chance open. Oh Jeff. yeah, you will yeah. be, you'll be we'll, pleased. We'll talk on that later. And then Sean Naden also goes undefeated, comes in second place. He brings his standard Sean Naden shenanigans. He has an Altway Battalion with the Avatar of Cain, Eldrad, a Warlock, sixty Guardians, ten Swooping Hawks. He's got a Cult of the Cursed Blade Battalion with uh, just under thirty Witches, uh, two Succubi. Yeah. What? And then uh, a Dreaming Shadow Outrider with a Troopmaster, a Solitaire with the Kegarax uh, Relic, and uh, eight Skyweavers. Can I motion that Ooh. we never... I mean, this is something that drives me nuts all the time, is the use of the words typical and or standard. Like we are using that too much. We, okay, we, all, we all spend a thousand hours like tweaking that last hundred points of the standard list, just so that it's a little bit different. And, yeah, but well, as a guy that looks at all of your lists... Um, it's still going to be typical or standard for Don't me. Take this away I just think me. it's funny to say typical Sean shenanigans because for most people, <laughs> yeah, what the it's hell different every time. First of all, I know that he's in love with witches, but that's amazing. Thirty witches is 
Well, it, yeah. he's also super in love with the Avatar of Kane. I thought he yes. was bringing... No, 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 no. That, that part, I will. I, we all need to talk shit about all the time at every mention. That's a very good player taking that and talking about how bad it is, and it's still good. Him and Nick Rose, man. <laughs> Anything else uh, you want to you wanna touch on for Glass City before we move on? Not really, no. It, uh, like I said, it, it nope. had a decent amount of players. Uh, they showed up. They played games. I want to say something. Please. Because I know that a lot of people from very different backgrounds listen to this uh, show, and this is something that hopefully at some point we'll never have to talk about again, but do not ever in a packet, in my opinion, so maybe you vehemently disagree with me, but do not ever say decide amongst yourselves to the players in a Warhammer tournament. Don't ever <laughs> do that. It's a bad idea in all forms of competition. It's going to yeah. create situations that are not cool. And I know what it is. I know we all look at that and say, well, if people are reasonable, Jeff, it's not a big deal. People suck. Mm-hmm. People suck. Okay? So. Plebes ruin everything. Just well, make the choice yourself. If you really don't like ITC rules, then just stick to it. If you don't like ITC terrain rules, stick to it. But when the moment you say, let the players decide, it's not, they'll try. Maybe they'll think it'll come to decision, but then they'll go get the judge or a player will be like, I wasn't expecting that. The other guy's a dick. And then it just gets weird. Maybe Aaron Along was super reasonable. But when I hear this story, it sounds like he was being a douche. And that's not fair to Aaron Along, you know? But no, And that's very true. It's And it's an abdication of the TO's responsibility. Like the reason to have a packet is to make those decisions ahead of time. They shouldn't be made yes. on the fly like that. And hey, yep. I know, I, like I've met Jason. I've got him on on Facebook. He's the TO. Uh, he's a good guy. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think he's I'm right. not saying otherwise. I mean, he, yeah. he might be a wonderful guy. It's just this is a thing about this is a difference in opinions on tournaments too. So, like I said, he could he could be like, "Fuck Jeff, I, I disagree strong." That's fine. He's not necessarily wrong. But in my opinion, just make the choice. As, yeah. as a player and a guy that attends tournaments around the world, like I, I just want to tell you, like I want to go to a tournament. And I, I don't want it to say. You'll be making the choice with your opponent as to what. Because here's the thing, you both read the packet and then you go, "Oh, we have to decide on terrain." You know what they? You know where their eyes go? They look right at your models mm-hmm. <laughs> every time. I promise mm-hmm. you. It's a towel guy across from you. He's like, "What do you say? Uh, line of sight blocking and stuff." And the towel guy looks at you and goes, "No, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it." I mean, all right. Hell, I'm thinking if I was going to LVO and I could just sort of decide, like, I actually don't think all these ruins should block line of sight. Yeah, yeah I think that would be a better way to handle this. Well, and also, if you're, if you're yeah, in the Yeah, of shoes, course I'm going to. <laughs> if, if you're in the TO shoes, you're trying to you maybe come up with a compromise. But unfortunately, you're not really compromising. You're just saying no. that you never use that rule. Right? That's what I'm saying. It comes from a place where if everyone was super awesome and legitimately cool... This is the better way to do it. Fuck yeah, dude. But it just doesn't end up that way. And someone will feel bullied or someone will feel kind of taken advantage of. and It's just not good. It doesn't sound like that happened. I mean, we don't know if it happened there or not. But the point is, you just don't want too much of that. No, it definitely doesn't sound like it. And I do believe that Sean Naden asked in a couple of his games to use ITC and people just let him because he wanted to practice for LVO. Um, so it, it definitely went the other way uh, in the times I heard. But uh, yes, if you, especially if you if you you know didn't read your player packet properly, kind of expected going into some kind of ITC environment, and then get told like, well, you you could do it that way, but you gotta yeah. get you gotta get permission from your opponent. Um, it's it's not gonna work out for you, especially with something like an RE or 
you know, heavy movement uh, oriented armies where yeah. you're just like, well, okay, I'm going to have to spend at least one turn out in the open. So, And anyone who played 4th edition, which I suppose at this point makes me an old, old man, uh, will remember that permission from your opponent is just about the worst phrase in the world. Mm. Yeah. Right. So um, that's the uh, the Glass City coverage that we promised last week. We're going to move on to Hammer in the New Year, or I'm sure as for some of the players it was, Hammered in the New Year. Am I right, guys? Uh, <laughs> I don't get it. I, I don't. Is that like a Canadian it's thing? It's an alcohol joke. It's an alcohol oh. joke. Yeah, the old and alcohol. Also somewhere on the East Coast, not quite sure where, but it's very close to a place with a lot of good 40K vitamins in the water. We've got names like Matt Shuckman, Werner Bourne. Uh, we got Brad Nichols uh, in the field. We got Kelsey Haley. He's been on the Longmore ton. Uh, Sean Nade, Austin Wingfield, Andrew Gagno, Stephen Forb, Nick Nanavati, Tony Kopak. This is a 32-person GT, and I just rattled off like one or two ETC rosters. So this is some <laughs> serious competition, um, and I think I uh, uh, actually wound up with a pretty cool story at the top table. Um, anyone out there want to talk about it? Sean? I mean, it should not be a huge shock to anyone, given some of his past performances, but uh, Tony Kopak took the top slot with a guard with a Castellan, but not anything else. Uh, no kind of melee allies brought in. Instead, he's running the, um, the Emperor's Conclave, which is the, the Vigilist Defiant detachment that lets your guys fight when they die and do other cute melee tricks. And the uh, Emperor's Artillery Company, to get some wyverns kind of just like hammering away at the enemy. Um, so we're, we're starting to see players already use those vigilous detachments to pretty decent effect here. Uh, not doing anything like fundamentally original on the list. It's a Raven Castellan, it's a whole bunch of guardsmen, sentinels, etc. Yeah, but, and oh, by uh, the way, a Raven Castellan also on the list. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so... And- yeah, that's that's the undefeated top list, and I think a pretty good indication of the kind of thing you're going to see guard doing quite a bit. And yep. and super cool because it, it faced off on the top table um, against Nick Nanavati. If you're in his coaching group or or following him on on the internet, you're going to see that he was there versus Tony. Um, mm-hmm. Now Nick's, I think running the similar list that he was on the charity stream. He's got essentially three units of twenty eight boys with Slugger and Chapa. Uh, by the way, Nick Donavati playing orcs, everybody. Yeah. Uh, he said I'll take the LVO, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have, no, he's committed. He's, uh, I think, uh, sponsor committed uh, from, from our friends at the Army Painter. Um, so, anyway, three units of uh, 28 boys, uh, an Evil Sons um, uh, Mega Armor War Boss, an Evil Sons Weird Boy, uh, two more Evil Sons Weird Boy, and this is something interesting, three uh, 10-man squads of, uh, of Slugga Chapa boys rather than more Grots. Because in his Bad Moons Battalion, he's got a Mega Armor uh, War Boss with Power Claw, two Big Macs with KFF, and then about 75, 76 Grots and 22 Ludas. Mm-hmm. That's what he's rocking. So uh, you, can see how, you can see how Tony's list might be pretty well suited to square off against something like that. Yeah, the fight between the two of them is going to be just a real grinding melee one way or the other. You've, just, you've got a ton of guys tied up in combat in the middle of the field. You know what's so sick about that, though? And I don't understand the attachment, so if I get this wrong, correct me, but the swing after you die, specifically against orcs, is brutal. Because what they want to be doing is countercharging whatever your melee unit is. Mm-hmm. And they'll trade 20 boys, you destroy it with your thing, and then they countercharge you with the other, you know, 
boys or two or whatever. But if you're still killing them after you die, yeah, that is a huge anti-orc ability. Yeah. Yep. And all of those catechins are getting three attacks, and then they get bumped to four, I believe, when the Ministorum Priest dies. Uh, it's, it's three with the priest. Uh, three with or, the priest. Oh, I see what and you're And then yeah. he dies, and the, they permanently get an extra attack. Um, uh, potentially, so yeah. Yeah, so there's like a bunch going on there that it, it just makes it very brutal for orcs to have to slog through. Yeah. I'm actually surprised Tony didn't uh, bring any conscripts, but I think his, he just didn't have the points to do it, because you'd think that that might be a, a way to start it, but eh, I'm not Tony Kopak. Uh, conscripts have their pluses and minuses in that. They you know they benefit from buffs better, and they get the big squad size, which is really nice, but the flip side of that is they are actually worse in combat, hitting on fives, not fours. Yeah, and he uh, didn't bring Yarrick, so he doesn't get yeah. the, the full rerolls. So. Nope. Ultimately, so, none of us are Tony Kopak, but uh, he did only squeak that one well, out. One person is. is uh, well, I mean, <laughs> no one present. Uh, he did squeak that out 26 24, so it wasn't as much of a landslide uh, victory as, as maybe some people would have automatically assume a horde army like what Nick had going up no, against no. a lot of that, that well, infantry stuff. And and the other thing to remember is Tony has 600 points tied up in a Raven Castellan that is doing basically nothing in that matchup. Uh, it's wow. not getting a lot of value shooting individual sure. boys out. Sure. Um, Nick's list, I mean, as an orc player, anyone who's heard me talk on podcast knows it's the only thing I talk about. So he's the only orc player we're going to discuss here. So I'm going to get into it a little bit. Uh, I, d I do find a few things interesting. He's gone with mega armor war bosses to get that two up save, even though they're significantly more expensive than, uh, you know, your standard war boss on foot. You know, standard war boss on foot would be about 80 points. Uh, put him in mega armor as a 40-point bump. I think it gets you an extra wound and um, the two-up save. Mm -hmm. um, so pretty aggressive uh, going with his mega armor. He's got two of them. Um, he actually keeps his list super simple, which I find kind of neat. Um, another another thing is instead of having minimum units of grunts, he's gone with uh, larger units like uh, the 20-plus the uh, member units of grunts. Uh, they can go up to 30. But what that allows him to do, if you watch on, say, the Charity Hammer stream, it uh, allows them to really string those things out um, mm -hmm. and and have big um, you know zone blocking areas with them while still snaking back to say a war boss who can give them a leadership buff and things like that. So um, or kind of a neat them. list. Yeah. No, sorry. No, it's just it's just very it's very bare bones, and and I think you see a lot of top players they'll they'll gravitate to the super most efficient choices, and there are some things that are not obviously efficient, like, say, the Mega Armor War Boss, but a two-up save is, is helpful for them, and a de facto invulnerable save for a War Boss. Um, so, yeah, uh, like, uh, I, I don't know. I find his list really fascinating. I'll be interested to see if it if it evolves anymore before he gets the LBO, because he's, he's repped this quite a bit now, um, so it might be his list. I think it's going to be pretty close to this, whatever he does bring in the end. There's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a handful of points of change, but uh, it's got to be pretty close to what he wants here. Well, he painted it all in the last, like, what, three days? So hopefully he doesn't have to paint a ton more. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's 30 models missing from it. Like, again, I watched not quite a Nick Nanavati's fanboy, but I do way too much stuff on, on 40K Facebook. So I do see, I know he's got about 30 Storm Boys, I think, left uh, that uh, he could paint up. So that's something that he could add to the list. And he's got other stuff, too, that he painted up, like a, a truck and, and some other characters that were all part of that sort of block of things he did with the Army Painter thing. So he's got more to draw from. It's kind of fun gotcha. to sort of uh, guess at what he might bring as an Orc player and as a 40K fan. 
Yeah. Um, moving along, co-captain, Team USA, Stephen Four. Um, he yeah. actually lost to Nick um, impressively. I, I think that's a pretty big, big win because he's running uh, kind of a neat Knights list. Um, this is by the Stephen Four, by the way, aka Juice, mm-hmm. um, and he's uh, he's rocking the Castellan two gallants. Um, you know, your your loyal, well, actually not loyal thirty two, a company commander yeah, yeah. and nine mortar teams. Um, and then uh, he's got uh, three Punisher, t- uh, three Punisher tanks. Again, what do you think he might be tuning up? To vigilance attachment, though, specifically. Yeah, vigilance, yeah. vigilance yeah. tank detachment. It's the the Emperor's Fist Tank Company with three <laughs> Punisher tank commanders with plasma cannons on the side, which is, I actually think, an interesting choice now that they're so much cheaper. Right. It's awesome. It's a lot of tough eight. It's three knights yeah. and three tanks that are all tough eight, very durable. And that vigilance detachment, they get to move and still shoot twice, I believe. They yeah, yes. they always get to double fire even if they move full distance, which is pretty big. It's a shit ton of damage. Um, yeah, I, I personally, and I do believe he intends to take this to the LVO. I think the mortars are obviously very nice at digging things out of um, boxes or, or mm-hmm. terrain like that. I still, I personally feel like in the, this is the kind of list that's going to rock socks, and then particularly like a really shenanigans Eldar type of list. It can be super hard to deal with. Yeah. Just out of line of sight, behind stuff, in boxes, debuffing things, jumping out, surrounding things, because uh, none of this wants to charge anything. So it, it, I, I could see it getting kind of rough that way. Steven's a great player, and he believes in this. And mm-hmm. what I like about it is it's very unique. It's a, There's nobody, I mean, maybe after he gets this some tension, because uh, there are Lehman Russes in some shelves and in garages right now, but um, and everybody owns a Castellan, I believe. <laughs> I think it's actually literally everyone as of uh, Thursday of last week. Um, the entire United States owns themselves. <laughs> and probably owns a few Lehman Rezes, too. Uh, with, with so much. <laughs> everyone in the South, at least, yes. With, yeah. with, with so much, um, you know, in the you know, non fly keyword uh, category and without a ton of screening, how do you think he keeps those tanks from getting touched and, you know, m- maintains their usefulness? Oh, I imagine the gallants. That, that's part of the strategy. Yeah, the gallants are got to be a big part of it, because most things don't want to run anywhere near where a gallant no. is. No, absolutely. Everyone would look at that list. And yes, the tanks are really scary, and you think about wrapping them stuff like that, but the gallants are monsters in close combat. Yeah. I just, uh, I yeah, Stephen was definitely at LVO last year, I believe, but just uh, some of those tables, man, it can be it can be a traffic jam. And I think they did say there's going to be some new terrain. Um, we had the whole terrain episode a little while ago, which was funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a follow-up uh, coming as well, guys. Okay, good. <laughs> I would just, like, I think this list is very good, and I think, like I said, maybe I'm proving completely wrong. I just get nervous when I look at a list specifically for the ITC and specifically for LVO, uh, even above all else. If you don't have, like, a pretty dedicated little melee unit that can go into a building and citizen arrest some people in there, uh, mm-hmm. I think you're going to have a tough time. I think there's options, there's potential for tough times. Yeah, very cool. It's um, and I'm I have no doubt that Stephen would say himself that like the list you bring should be dependent on the 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 format and the terrain you're expecting. So this may not be the list he brings to LVO because he may right. be f- just as aware as we are that like hey, there's gonna be some big friggin' buildings on the tables. I've been talking to him about we're, uh, it's really nice the the team mm. USA team is pretty damn close. We don't talk a lot. And That's cool. I, I think so. I don't know what he's thinking though, which is the 
and even if I did, I guess I shouldn't share because it's because for these guys, this is, and I love it. I love that we're talking about it this way because it's like LBO is uh, a lot of people. It feels it feels like a championship. It's really yeah, yeah. Um, Do we? Some guys are are, no. are able to to sort of uh, hold their cards close to their chest, and some people are very public. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah. varying levels of advantage there. Anything else? I mean. I, I want to call out Andrew Gagne's yeah. list, just if Please nothing do. else. Like, that Andrew. is a crazy, crazy little list he's brought. So, uh, uh, very quickly, you want to hit it? He did come in fourth, so, I mean, it's not much of a reach. He's a one-loss guy. He, it's, I'd say, given the way what his list is, I think he really, he may be onto something here. So, it's Death Watch Primary. Like, that's weird enough on its own. Um, he's got the librarian, a chaplain, a bunch of squads of veterans with the Stormbolt or Storm Shield, like you do. Uh, sticking a single Vanguard veteran in each of them so they can fall back and still shoot if needed. Um, and a biker so they can and, uh, fall back and charge. Yes. And they all have teleport homers so that they can teleport across the board if need be if they get wrapped. Yes. Oh, cool. The uh, the array of Death Watch tricks that you can give to them. Uh, so and they're all immune to morale. Do they have the? Oh, they do have. Is the Terminator? They all have a Terminator. Oh, they yep. do. Yeah. So it's the 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 biker, the Terminator, the the whole set of guys there. Yeah. Yep. The Death Watch have a lot of special rules they can tack onto their squads by adding a guy. Uh, but then beyond that, he has a Bloody Rose Adeptus Sororitas Battalion, uh, which you're seeing a lot of. That plus one strength and plus one attack on the charge is really strong. Um, bringing those sisters up to two or three or four attacks each is like surprisingly scary um but he's running three units of 10 seraphim which i thought was kind of an unusual choice uh, he's got hand flamers in all of them uh and inferno pistols in some of them um i hope those are WYSIWYG. i presume so i mean the models certainly do exist for those don't know what he was using for models there um but, uh, yeah, they can kind of fall out of the sky and do quite a bit of damage to things with their flamers. Uh, and they're also notable for being weapon skill 3-up, unlike most sisters, so they punch a little bit harder. But then, rounding it out, he has a super heavy detachment with Guillemin instead of the Castellan, which is not what I was expecting to see at the end there. Um, so, handing out rerolls to all those Imperial units. It's a weird list. And extending their, I think, advance and charge, right? Yeah, yes, plus one inch, inch advance and charge as well. Well, boys, sometimes all it takes is that much, okay? Whoa. Hmm? Agreed. Yeah. Yes. We live, fight, right. and die for that inch, said Al Pacino in a famous film. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do, you, what do you think about this list? This, went, this was at one loss, although I think it was early. Um, it was the first round to uh, yeah. Kenneth Coriel's uh, Tau. Uh, Tau Gunner. Uh, yeah. But Mandalorian. when you look at, uh, like, it wasn't like he had an easy run. His second game was against Sean Naden's Anari. Mm-hmm. He then played Werner Born's Gene Stealer Cults. He then played Kelsey Haley, who brought two Knight Castellans. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't like he, like, kind of strolled through the rest of the tournament because he got to submarine his way to victory. But, um, yeah, no, he. it's it's a very interesting. I'm, I was actually, the only thing I was more curious about than anything was the uh, double hand flamers on his Vanguard veterans. 
uh, more than anything. Most people are playing them with double bolt pistols, but that's what, like two points per model that he's made dif indifferent, so whatever. Yeah, it's really cheap for those hand flamers, and D6 strength six doesn't, strength three hits doesn't seem like a lot, but it actually adds up pretty fast. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, really cool. Andrew Ganya, who knew? Good at 40K, right, guys? Weird. Right. I was shocked. Didn't see, didn't see that coming. What a name, though. Great name. Anyway, moving on now across the pond, as our friends from across the pond like to say, to Southport in the UK, um, what they call the Last Chance Open. This is the, ironically enough, last chance for people to get ITC points before departing on the arduous uh, transoceanic journey and multi-day rail uh, trip uh, to Las Vegas for people from England. And uh, it's a pretty good show. I mean, we've, we had um, the um, famous, maybe infamous Alex Harrison in attendance, uh, Mike Porter, number two in the ITC there, um, and a number of other names that I should probably know and call out, but can't do it because I'm in a rush. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the top table, um, famously on the, on the um, Honest Wargamer, they're talking about 32% of the field, and we're going to get the real number from the Falcon when he gets around to it. 32% of the field uh, was some form of Eldari faction. So. Yeah, that was true. Wow. Yeah, it, was, um, it was like, it was what, 12, 14% uh, were Drukari. Uh, that was the uh, the faction that showed up the most. Uh, unsurprisingly, um, there were I think three was it three Drukari in the top four uh, uh, when it came to the final table, and then that all kind of straightened around. Um, something to that effect. Anyway, um, yeah, there was a lot of Dark Eldar there, a good so, amount of Inari. Um, and I mean, yeah. with that kind of a with that kind of a you know heavy weighting towards it, I mean, we well, I guess we saw about a representative amount. We had what two Drukari in the top ten. Um, mm -hmm. but overall, not a lot of Eldari actually making the final sequence. We had an interesting sort of spread of factions making the, the, the top 10 in this one, which is a pretty significant ITC major. Yeah. Also, uh, beyond, uh, the Jukari going undefeated, we also had a Tau list go undefeated. It took second Heck place, yeah. but, uh, still no losses. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to. Give it a college try. Eric Horger was the uh, was by the way the ultimate champion. Um, not a battle points tournament, but they only had five rounds, so they weren't able to uh, settle the match. And he did wind up with slightly more mission points, um, ending with um, fifty one seventy one to Alex Harrison's fifty one fifty three. Mm -hmm. um, so he did wind up uh, top uh, for for battle points. Um, uh, number three, Simon Prittis running orcs without Ludas. Yeah. yeah, that's been uh, Simon's list for, I think, the entire ETC season, um, <laughs> even uh, pre-Orc Codex. I don't think he changed it at all, oh, if he did very little, since I started uh, tracking his data. Yeah, so. and Mike Porter, um, who, again, number two in ITC, he went down actually in the fourth round. So he actually wound up with, with quite a good showing, 117 points. Um, obviously would have liked to win it, which I think would have meant he won every you know major event in England. <laughs> if he pulled it out uh, in he... this year, pretty close. He won. He won London, did he not? He won the London GT, um, Glass, the Glass Hammer Open, Malik. Uh, I mean Rubio won. He won the, the one I won to in Southport. Malik Rubio, uh, Malik's sixth in the ITC now because he he won a couple of the the uh, UK majors in the last, uh, really at the very end of the year. Or so, yeah. Um, anything? I mean, um, on Eric's list i dare say uh well actually you know what not quite typical i'm not gonna i'm not gonna call this typical yeah typical. i wouldn't say it so 
It had it was actually kind of cool. Uh, it had three, and this, by the way, was a lot of fun to watch the uh, the, the the top table match here. He wound up uh, on the top ta- tables against Marcus Hinson, who was running Imperial Knights against this. So kind of Eric's dream matchup. Uh, he's running three uh, Razor Wing Jet Fighters. Um, he's running um, uh, uh, some uh, Harlequins with uh, with a Shadow Seer, two j- Death Jesters. Uh, three sorry, three Death Jesters. Yeah. Everybody, um, only. Hmm. Quote, quote unquote only six Skyweaver jet bikes, but they did the did the trick. Um, and then in the Drukari portion of it, which makes up the majority of the points, uh, he's running a, a, a homunculus, our friend Yuring Rathkarth, um, some racks, um, three units of course to make the battalion, and then I believe about nine Talos, maybe a bit less, eight nine? Talos, <laughs> seven Talos. No, he ran eight. eight. Yeah, eight, calm eight down. Don't tell me they had haywire. Calm down. Yeah, they, they ran haywire. Did. Yeah. And Jeff, this is actually a game, by the way. That top table was not, it, it seemed quite a foregone conclusion, and it wasn't, which was great. No, the wow. uh, uh, Marcus Inson pl- uh, played the Four table the very well. D- he, he killed one of the flyers just by positioning his knights properly. Uh, nice. Say again? What were the knights? Yes, sir. Uh, the a castle knights. and a crusader and a warden. Yes. Um, and then supported by, uh, I think this is something we'll see more um uh, not just you know your loyal thirty two, but also some admech. Uh, so he had two tech boost engine series, engine seers, and then uh, two units of rangers and a unit of uh, skatari vanguard. Yeah, well, the, the admech battalion's cheaper than loyal thirty two. It's cheaper, cheaper and has some synergy for the knights. Yes, the fact that it can repair the knights makes that uh, mechanical seventeen and actually a very solid choice for a lot of knight heavy armies that need the command points and need the repairs. Mechanical 17? Sure. Is that what we're calling it? I don't, that's what I'm calling it. I don't know what you're calling it. Loyal 32 sounds so sexy, and you come up with a mechanical 17. Well, it's the Loyal 32, the Faithful 17, and we got to call the... The, the Rusty 17? Yes. I don't, I don't know. know. We'll, we'll find a new... Right. Yeah. The Dragoon model has a leather daddy leg amputated guy strapped sure. into the bottom of it. <laughs> I feel like we can do better. You know what I'm saying? A leather daddy dragoon. Dude, um, look at the model. Oh, I know. I've, it's oh, amazing. he's 100% right. <laughs> he's also got, like, candles balancing on weird parts of his body. It is so funny. There will come a day, I cannot wait, when we get a live-action Warhammer movie. Mm. But that's not the best day. The best day will be three iterations later when they start showing off Admech, and, and there's just nothing <laughs> that you can do to explain it, where it's just like, that is... That's a guy writing a guy. Is 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 the Admech addition to the franchise kind of the equivalent of getting to the Ant Man level? Is that is that uh, part of the? That's canon? what I'm saying. There's no comparison. It's just so fucked up, and it's so beautiful. It's like, yep, because we already have religion on crack throughout the lore, but this is something different. This is like you transhumanism. Look at the stuff and you're like, they're talking, but I can't stop looking at that guy that has a gas mask on and no legs because he replaced it with three brain jars and all he does is like math that's and what he what? does he does math and what's yep. with the floating robot babies i mean that's also yeah see stage. that's what i love the most about admech you start at cyborg robot babies with wings and then it gets <laughs> weird beginning. yeah cherubs so to bring well, this all so back down to earth anything um uh, you know, aside from, you know, not quite a stock uh, knights and guard list, actually not even close to one. Um, hmm. Anything in that Drakari list that, you know, would leap out to you as the thing that's going to go 5-0 and that weekend? Aside from 8 Talos? Uh, 
the good amount of haywire is obviously a a strong build against a lot of the mechanized lists you're seeing around these days. Uh, but it's also easy to forget that like a Talos is actually kind of a monster in combat yes. beyond just having like fly and a hundred other special rules. And racks, four up and roll on your troops. Yeah. Mm. So yep. they still move seven inches by the way, GW. Yeah. Hello? They fast. <laughs> they got Why? like they have four extra legs. Of course they run faster. Uh, I do want to say, and I want to ask, you missed opportunity to kind of ask Sean about this. So Sean took a list to that charity tournament that has become a mm. little bit of the, the Tau meta, right? Like, we know that three Riptides is always going to be a popular thing, but people are finally, I think after Chapter Proof, like, oh my god, broadsides. Yeah. Uh, and there's different ways to do it. You can do one unit of three, you can do three units of one. And then, of course, generally speaking, the way you fill this out is... A little bit flavorful and different, but it's, it's a lot of the same kind of stuff. Somewhere in between 20 to 30 to 40 drones, a lot of shield drones, a lot of whatever. Shadow Sun, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But Sean took this list, had some good, bad, and ugly. Uh, yeah. This list at every tournament. And I'm looking at Alex Harrison's list right now. It's very similar to that. Uh, any Tau list you're looking performing really well. It's, it's something along these lines. Yeah. Broadsides, Riptides, Drones, Fire Warriors, Firesight Marksmen, Commanders. Like, you're seeing these same components mixed together in like different sorts of ways but it's still these same dozen maybe 10 units tops that are are getting brought again and again what yeah. do you think of it when you took it to that tournament you're playing some of these top players um american team it hits really really hard when it gets to play its game um if you are facing across an open battlefield from that Tau list, it is going to plant its feet and it is going to shoot you to pieces no matter what you brought. Yeah. But if you have a lot of terrain where you are denying it the ability to sit still and shoot most of the game, uh, if you're getting to charge out a building so it doesn't get to use most of its overwatch, it's going to struggle a lot. Um and that is one of the things I kind of learned that weekend. I mean, I knew that to a degree anyways, but it really drove the lesson home of like, hey, there's going to be games you can't win because you're not going to get a shooting phase. Um, so that, that Tau list, I feel, runs really hot and cold. Um, and especially on the LVO terrain that's really heavy like that, I think you're going to see some 4-2, 5-1 Tau players with lists like that who bring a really good game, but just they're going to get a box in the wrong place, and that's going to be the end of the match right there. I like it because I think um, it's funny because it still has that Tau element. I absolutely agree with Sean. We're like, open field... If it, if it can see you, if they Nova charge, I don't know what you have. I, this last weekend I faced it and I charged with an Asheron, I charged with a Gallant, <laughs> and then mm -hmm. Overwatch, not Nova charge. They brought my Asheron down to, I think it was 16 wounds, or whatever, 12 wounds in Overwatch, and that was like a little yeah. kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, and then they just about killed the Gallant in Overwatch, and that was when they were Nova overcharged, uh, but but without the broadsides. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's horrifying. If but I do like that it's very tactical in that I do feel like if you get outmaneuvered, uh, I like it. Well, Tau players are going to say they don't like this. I, I can agree with it. It feels very severe. It's either like it clobbers the face out of you or you make a mistake and whoop, you, you lost. You just lose. Yeah. I think that's yeah, pretty the, spot uh, on. The on, this, on the stream, if you're watching, there was a, <laughs> an unfortunate matchup uh, between uh, Tank Roberts, who actually took it to the next degree. He went with nine Missile Fist broadsides. 
<laughs> and he drew uh, Jane Whitaker playing Necrons uh, and seized on her um, mm. <laughs> and essentially eradicated half, more than half of her army in, in, in one turn. So I think it's the kind of power that a list like that has, especially, you know, actually, I mean, Last Chance Open, I mean, I've played on um, the stuff that Dyson Dex and um, Ace Face bring to a tournament. It's actually, they take a lot of pride in their terrain. These were not, would not be naked tables. Um, but uh, nonetheless, there's not a lot you can do to, to hide from, you know, a you know, nine broadsides set up in no. range of your army. Yeah. Broadsides, I, that's scary if they are in range. I can see that being a little bit weaker because when they move, it does suffer quite a bit. Whereas Riptides, they have, I mean, the the, the heavy missiles are still range 36, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I, I like the broadsides as the base and the three, or excuse me, the Riptides and three broadsides as a base. Um, yeah. Because broadsides yeah. are sick, but they also, if they get touched, they can't fall back and shoot, yeah. which is a huge liability. It's and if you go, if you really go three rips, I mean, we are talking, of course, uh, with, with Alex here, who who went, you know, five and oh with, with, with a list that had um, kind of the six and two. Um, but with the three, uh, sorry, with the three riptides and then one either three broadsides, you do have the ability to bring so many more shield drones, which aren't just good at tanking wounds, but they're fantastic oh, yeah. screening units. Like, yes. they can, amazing. They're you, just really, really useful. Yeah, um, no Tau lists should be without at least 20 drones, and I wouldn't bring less than 10 shield drones. Um, yeah. They are really good, and they're so frustrating when people are just shooting and shooting and shooting your suit, and you're just passing those five-up feel-no-pains to shrug off the, the wound from Savior Protocols. It's like yeah. when a Castellan spends the entire shooting phase and kills like one drone, that's really demoralizing right there. I had my expectations appropriately set, but I took a to an RTT this last weekend or yesterday rather for fun. I had a Porphyrian Knight, mm. six damage per shot. Let me tell you, there's nothing more joyous than a shield drone rolling a five up for that six damage just one time. Yep. Like, oh. and you're just like, <laughs> you just absorbed it, didn't you? Mm-hmm. But I knew it, like I said. But uh, Tau's in a good spot, and I think one of the best ways you can tell the Tau's doing well is that they're not whining on the internet. You're not seeing it nearly as much right now. <laughs> well, I'm sure Tau's that. quiet. When sure the Tau that. players are quiet, things are pretty good. Now, I mean, because he came real close to sort of doing the, you know, whatever the UK equivalent of the Triple Crown is, Mike Porter, I, I don't speak chaos. Um, anyone here want to take a crack at his list? Uh, Mike Porter's list. He's got... Uh, tell it to me, baby. Abaddon, so he's, he's got a battalion, um, Black Legion. Abaddon, an exalted Did he champion. Harkin? Let me look here. Uh, no, and good thing after oh the nerf. God. Yeah, they had after to bring that guy down. Him. He was just out of control. Uh, yeah. Um, he brought 119 cultists in the Black Legion uh, battalion. Uh, three obliterators with the Mark of Slanesh. Ariman on a disc. A Demon Prince of Zinch. Oh, by the way, this is a, a separate uh, Thousand Suns Battalion. Um, a Thousand Suns Sorcerer. Ten more uh, Zinch Cultists. And uh, 55 Zangors. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. astonishing how many bodies you can fit in these lists, isn't it? Yeah. It's wild. And think about this, too. This is five-point cultists. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's this is And this is where it's like, oh, but cultists are bad now at five points. No, they're still a great troop. Even at five am, points, am I crazy? Or is this this list feels like a, like a, like a twenty eighteen Adepticon list. Like this doesn't feel I know that that sort of cutting edge even. But I'm it's, it's, good for, it's good for good players. Though. It absorbs it absorbs mistakes pretty well. I think 
Oh yeah, for sure. Um, the the sheer well, number you, of bodies can be very overwhelming. You've got 139 uh, guys that are, or 129 guys that are immune to morale and and reroll all hits right in front yeah. of. Uh, the Zangors uh, are actually immune as well because Abaddon's ability yeah. applies to all chaos guys. Oh god! So yeah, the list better. is 100 so like percent models. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, so, the obliterators uh, are kind of the the surprising thing in the list. I'm I'm a little shocked that he's running them over like some additional smite batteries or something like that. Uh, but it's understandable. Like that does give you a deep striking threat that can kind of like pinpoint target something you need. Yeah, it's a scalpel. I like that, and it's it's an answer against anti armor. If you're just mm -hmm. if you're just running smite, that's really powerful as like a push shove kind of thing. But it, it can get. If someone can thin out the herd and then you just have four smiters behind something, it gets a bad matchup. So, like, yeah. this list to me, I don't think this list, and, and this is a bold thing, and I, I don't know Mike, so I apologize if he's like, mate, I'll fucking punch you in the gullet. I don't know. Maybe he will, maybe he doesn't like me. I don't think this is a particularly super amazing, like, Nick not a body against this, Sean Naden. I don't think, yeah, it, it does come down to generalship, obviously, a lot, but I think this list is not very impressive or tricky in that way. But I do think this list at a six-round, five-round tournament will very safely, especially piloted by a fantastic general like Mike Porter, it's going to go four and one or five and one, despite like bad dice or a bad matchup. He'll still be able to bring it out. Yeah. Whereas a tricky Eldar list, if your psychic phase just takes an absolute poop on your head and you're, you know, facing guys like I just want to bring three Castellans, I don't know, and you're like, it could be really bad. Mm -hmm. right? It's it's kind of a failure proof list in a way that like no matter how bad your dice rolls are, you still have yep. two hundred fearless guys on the table, and that means that like some armies just can't kill you. And smart positioning will will just bully people. Oh, absolutely. Be on objectives. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be like, hey, you got to come over to me. And and it, I also like it as it's it's uh, matchup strong, right? So there's gonna be a lot of matchups where like you look at this and you're like, what is a terrible matchup for that? Yeah, not a lot. I don't. I don't think I can think of much. I'm sure there are, and it would take you know someone like Mike Porter to tell us um, what he thinks is a bad matchup. But I think it's especially the meta. It's pretty darn good. You bring a couple of knights. You want to jump into the middle of that? They're all fearless. Go ahead. Yeah. Kill twenty five guys. Cool. There's eighty yeah. behind it. I mean, his only lo loss was to Marcus Hinson's Imperial Knights list, and mm. um, he barely lost. He got twenty nine victory points in that game. So, wow. Like that's, yeah. Must come down to the wire on that. Any um, now? There's in the top ten. Now there's 17 one-loss lists here. Not a lot of them uh, in that T-whip uh, position, but uh, nonetheless, there's there's a lot of one-loss lists uh, available to choose from. So anyone out there, this is a great reason to pick up a subscription to BCP. Go over and look at them because there's no way in hell we're getting through all of them. But for you guys uh, on the panel, any any other ones before I get into the, some of the silly honorable mentions that I'd love to highlight. Uh, well, I think someone's going to want to hear about the Necrons that went four and one because like, <laughs> are we going straight to the four and one Necrons? Because well, you have do. to. Yeah. Somebody uh, went four and one with Necrons. It's been like, oh. well, when no, did they nerf Tesseract vaults? No, when the Imperial Knights like, Codex came out. Now you you tell me now 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 Peter. Like I think the biggest choice here that's really quite outstanding is the the Novak choice for the Dynasty. Yep, it's pretty impressive. I think they they really took. Um, Oh, also three Seraptic Heavy Constructs? I don't know what yeah. that is. And one Triax Sick Forge-old model. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, three giant walkers. Uh, so they were like, oh, can't take Tesseract votes, eh? Okay, well, I'm going to have to bring these Forge-old things. What else shall I spam? 
Well, <laughs> he did also label the list Giant Spider Knights, so he mm-hmm. knew what he was getting into. It is indeed called Giant Spider Knights. Look at that. Which uh, you can't do at the LVO. Checkmate, Reese. Ooh. Ooh. It's not in the format. Well, oh, no. Stifling why don't you just creative call it the expression? death of creativity? Yeah, yeah exactly. Banning fun. I thought this was America. <laughs> well, I, does Nevada really count as America? Will no. Mott, by the way, is the guy who uh, piloted that uh, list. And he came on 13. He lost his second game. Like, that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, he really lost his second game, though. Like, it, <laughs> like it wasn't... That wasn't a fun matchup for him. What he was his game a, two? <laughs> um, it was uh, nine Talos. Ooh, yeah, that's nine grotesques rough. and uh, a bunch of razor wings. Yeah, like yeah, he just got he got smushed. Yeah, horror um, wounds are pretty funny, huh? Yeah, yeah. weird, eh? And uh, just because he's staring at me, a um, another uh, Talos went. Uh, uh, Sorry, four on one, but lost in the in in the in the fifth round. Kenneth Morley, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he was rocking the hazard suits. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Um, a lot of people and and sniper drones, which have been sort of list tech for a while now. But uh, hazard suits got a lot cheaper and are kind of neat. Not a lot of them either, just enough to be kind of interesting. The nice thing about hazards is you can kind of bring them as those solos that you can't do with the crisis suits anymore, and have four drones kind of tag along to the party. Uh, which, like, they end up being very nice little firepower units if you want it. I think he's running the unit of them rather than the solos. But even so, it's like double burst cannons on those guys. They do work. Yeah. And we uh, we fetishized earlier Andrew Gagno's Death Watch list. Two other Death Watch lists in the top ten. Did you guys have a chance to look at those? Anything? Yes. Uh, they're, they're very... I think they're kind of like the standard um, you're going to see for... Even typical. Uh, yeah, or typical. Uh, for, you guys got to shake it up with that standard word here. No, it's going to be what I say probably forever. I can't really change Pablo says typical. Point. The Falcon says standard. It's just a Canadian-American thing. It's just, uh, it's, I say meta. Up, you meta. do say meta. You so, acknowledged uh, it. He acknowledged whatever it. Whatever you said with Andrew, by the way. I don't even know what that was. But. Yeah. Uh, well, I, Andrew. 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 That's, that's, uh, Andrew. that's there the was open, a breathiness to it. That's he, the Canadian open vowel, like guys. It's a Canadian open vowel. Come on. So, uh, Tim Tim Dagnall. Tim Tim Dagnall. Dagnall. He ran uh, mm-hmm. an intercessor squad with uh, four aggressors, an inceptor, and then the uh, five intercessors. Mm-hmm. Um, three veteran squads, uh, each with a Terminator, a Vanguard vet, uh, a bike, and a uh, black shield. Yeah. Um, so the Black Shield that's, uh, adds a heroic intervention uh, to the, the uh, string of things that the veterans can do. Actually, cool. it, they have to um, if you have a Black Shield, but uh, there's really never a problem with it. Um, I guess like a, a, a really canny player can screw you over that way. Um, he had a Blood Angels battalion with a Librarian, Dreadnought, a Smash Captain, and 15 Scouts. And he had a Stygies uh, Cult Mechanicus. Detachment with two engine seers, fifteen rangers, and two onager dune crawlers. Wow. Uh, the running the neutron laser version of them looks like. Yeah. Correct. So what are what are people really keying off with with these death watch lists? Because that's three now in sort of high levels of competition, and that's kind of atypical. They're death good. Watch. They're, They're very good. good. For a while. And yeah, they've been very good for a while, and they got so much better with chapter approved. I know there's a like a, a, a number of higher level players that have been playing around with them. Um, 
There's a fellow I was talking to recently, and he said the thing he loves about the most is they play like you feel Space Marines should play, mm. um, just from like a lore perspective, you know, like forge the narrative idea, because they can do everything yeah. if you mix the the. We are up. all nodding deeply at that comment. Ooh, yeah. yeah. You know, and they they ignore so many limitations. You know, they can fall back and shoot and charge. They can heroically intervene, etc. They have a lot of shots. They're pretty decent in melee, and the pile of invulnerable saves they carry around can be ridiculous to break through. Especially with two point storm shields now, yeah. Like they're where you can take five to nine per unit. Yes, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, one thing I'm, uh, I haven't seen yet from these lists, but I did see uh, in the CanCon lists, is there are people taking two and three Terminators per unit now, um, which I think might actually be the way to go when you're going up against things like Ludas or Tau. Hmm. So you have more of those two-up saves that yet they have to get through. I'm not sure if one Terminator is enough. But the the Terminators do have the issue that uh, you know they don't get to carry the Storm Shield. So uh, if you're taking multi damage hits, those start looking a lot start looking a lot less attractive, uh, mm-hmm. and that is what you know Ludas obviously are, are are hitting you for the the two damage a pop. So you're only going to get one failed save out of your Terminator. Um, exactly. So that's kind of where I thought maybe take two or three. Uh, we'll see what comes out of uh, CanCon where you see a couple more of those come out. Yeah. Um, Conrad Bartkowitz is the other fellow that brought uh, Death Watch. Badass name. I appreciate that's the name of the of the guy in Doom. Yeah, it has to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting story about Conrad. From what I understand, um, he's like the taxi backsy king of uh, of the ETC world. Ooh, um, that's not quite I, the greatest moniker. Uh, no, no, but I, and what I mean by it is like he, um, at the beginning of every match, uh, I'm told, he will uh, look you straight in the eye, give you a firm handshake, and then he'll say, you get one take back this game, and so do I, and then nothing else. He's very firm about how the game is played. <laughs> um, so like, good on him. Um, it was an interesting story. Uh, so he brought, uh, same idea, three units of Death Watch veterans with a Watchmaster and a Watch Captain uh, with a Jump Pack. Um, the Death Watch veteran lists, uh, basically the same as what I mentioned earlier from the previous. Uh, Black Shield, a Terminator. Oh, he brought two Terminators. Yeah, um, he did. Two of the squads. Um, and then he had a Vanguard veteran and a Biker with a Teleport Homer in each of the units. Um, but he also has a Bloody Rose um, Adepta Sororitas detachment mm-hmm. with a canonist, a missionary, um, some sisters, and three exorcists. And he tops it off with a Knight Crusader. Yeah, the, the Crusader over the Castellan is saving a lot of CP, which, uh, given some of the other the features of the list, I think is not a bad choice there. Uh, and it gives him a little bit different kind of firepower in the Castellan, which I think helps him out overall. Uh, I'm a little surprised he's bringing the exorcists. Um, those seem like they're be- they're becoming a little more popular. I'm honestly not super impressed by them, but uh, a lot of sisters players seem to be gravitating towards them, which is an interesting choice. Um, other than that, um, I don't know if there's really any other lists we really need to talk about. Like Val said, they're there's all available There's one list oh, okay. we need to talk about, uh, oh, no. which which is uh, the list of one James Jones. James uh, Jones. Which, for some reason, in the UK becomes JoJo, which is a sweet <laughs> nickname. Uh, and this one's really easy because it's very similar to the Necon list, except it's three Greater Brass Scorpions of corn. Not quite as good of a record. He went one in four more predictably. 
But James Jones with just three greater brass scorpions of corn, I think that's great. I, it almost makes me want to bring two gargantuan squigoths to the LVO. <laughs> two well, stompas, my friend. Use that stompa detachment from Vigilus. Could do one stompa and two, two squigs. Yeah. Ooh. Could do it. Yeah, that's real. No, it's not. Please, please, God, no. <laughs> I gotta try hard, right? You can't, you can't go to the biggest tournament on earth and not, not try hard. Right? Uh, I don't know. So one of them I is peaches, you. the other one is cream. What is the third one gonna be? The second one is actually buttercup. What? Yeah, it's you, peaches. They're and not called peaches and cream. We what are you even done. doing? This is what everyone said about our second bulldog as well. But um, <sighs> the second bulldog also not named uh, cream or buttercup for that matter. You know, mm. anywho. Um, guys, we've, uh, we've chatted, we've had a great time, um, you know, uh, two bad jokes and an absolute statement from me, uh, maybe pitch it out to you all, uh, any final thoughts before we round this up? LVO's coming, get your lists ready, get them in. Yeah, let's, let's submit those lists, guys, and in the correct format, wouldn't you agree, Jeff? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff goes all nihilist on us at the end here. Yeah. Yeah, in the end, just do what you, the fuck you want, guys. Just, Don't. like, show up to LBO. What the fuck? Who cares? Just yeah. play checkers. All right. Well, on that high note, uh, I've had an absolute blast. Thanks for uh, putting up with my hosting. Uh, PD Pab should be back in action next week. Wait, you're uh, not PD Pab? I'm not. Doc. No, I'm much more. Got me again. Much more Canadian. A little taller. Somewhat well. portly. Um, Val Heffelfinger signing off here on behalf of the Chapter Tactics crew. Thank you all for listening and have yourselves a wonderful day or evening. Bye bye.